Hey everyone, welcome to The Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than speaking with a Bronx accent all weekend to pretend you're at New York Comic Con. Uh, <laughs> I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt. Hello. And Tabitha. I would say hello in a Bronx accent, but I don't think I could pull it off. I mean, I was going to try, but I knew it was going to fail, so. <laughs> so I actually wrote this last night, and because it popped in my head last night, and I was going to try to work on a Bronx accent all day. It didn't happen, so... <laughs> Just play like videos of people from New York speaking in the background Basically. when you're doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, hey, <laughs> no, yeah, that was like kind of Cockney. Like that didn't sound right. <laughs> hey, wrong, si- <laughs> wrong side of the pond. <laughs> um, so we do have some Lion Forge news coming out of New York Comic Con later on in the show, and we're also going to do our best to bring you any big news that does come out of the uh, the con this weekend. Yeah, so like what you hear, then be sure to subscribe to us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, including uh, Google Play, Podbean, or iTunes. Really like what you hear? Then make it rain on us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. I can't decide if they're getting better or worse. Yes. <laughs> uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. couple few quick things that I want to talk about real quick. Um, that's why they're quick things. Quick things you want to talk about real quick? Yep. Uh, the first one is <laughs> something that's uh, coming up later on this month. Uh, October 19th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. is the second annual Firefighters uh, Comic Con. We haven't talked about it too much, but um, it's going to be at the Firefighters Light Club. $2 admission. A uh, dollar if you're uh, uh, an adult in cosplay. Or kids 12 and under are free. Cool. So uh, it's going to have local comic and geeky merch vendors, uh, including Geek Chic, Die Hard Games, and Monroe Street Press. Uh, indie game producer um, BTL Games will also be on hand. This is this next story. It's about it's like a week old, um, but as we know by now, um, the news of Spider-Man's MCU demise has been uh, greatly exaggerated. <laughs> he is back. Um, Mommy and Daddy have made up. Um, so- <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> will appear in uh, one more M- like a MCU mo- Spider-Man movie as well as uh, another Avengers movie. I'm happy for this because Tom Holland is like I like I've said before he is like the best of both worlds when it comes to both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. At the same time, like I'm expecting for this to be their way of writing out Spider-Man out of the MCU, which Aww. concerns me. As much as that idea sucks, I do like the idea of the introduction because you're going to have to keep... I feel like they would have to keep some sort of Spider-Man. Does that mean that they introduce Miles? Probably. Well, it depends, dude. Who who has the uh, rights to Miles? I bet it's Sony. Yeah, I don't know how that works because he's still Spider-Man, but he's... Oh, I don't know. Unless, like, they slightly change the name of both Miles Morales and Spider-Man. You know, if he becomes, like, Spider-Dude and it's Miles Jones or... Miles... Davis? (laughs) No, I want a Spider-Man movie as Miles Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The article that I did read does say that depending on how things go, more movies could be in the offering. So, this isn't necessarily uh, Spider-Man swan song, but could be. (laughs) So, I haven't wrapped this one up yet. Oh my god. Uh, he hasn't been beaten with a newspaper. Um, um, also, like, uh, Ruby Rose, who's playing Batwoman, she put out on Instagram earlier this week that, like, a couple months ago, she was almost paralyzed, and she had to go through emergency sur- uh, surgery. Oh. Yeah. Uh, due to uh, the stunts that she was doing, she had two herniated discs very close to severing her spinal cord. Whoa. Yeah, she was in chronic pain, but couldn't feel her arms. Um, obviously, surgery went well. So, oh, that's good. Um, yeah, so that's super scary, though. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, like, getting, like, this big break or whatever? Which, I mean, she's already been a, a known yeah. name, but still, like, hey, you're Batwoman. And now, and then before the show even premieres, it's like, oh, hey. You're broken. You're broken. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Um, Matt, let's talk about Pottermore. So, Pottermore is shutting down. Pottermore is no more? Yes. Less more. No, I'm done. That didn't work at all. (laughs) The good news is that Pottermore is not shutting down for good. 
They're actually just rebranding as the Wizarding World. But the reason they're doing that is because over the years, Pottermore has come to include more than just Harry Potter. Includes the Fantastic Beasts and etc., etc., etc. Good, bad, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right? Just bad. Just bad? Just okay. bad. Not otherwise. Uh, okay. <laughs> but... Um, they, they announced, the way that they made the announcement was they were talking about how basically Pottermore is going to act like the burrow that's going to add some stories and some extra doors and maybe some extension charms to grow and add on. Uh, you can create a wizarding passport on the website right now, which will help move all of your, uh, your house, your Patronus and your wand will all transport via flu powder to the um, Wizarding World when that is up and ready. There's no date at this point on when that all is going to happen, uh, whether the shutting down or the rebranding, reopening, etc. But The rebooting. Yeah, the rebooting. We're so fond of around here. <laughs> uh, but, you know, shutting down but coming back, bigger, better things. I mean, all in all, like, it's... A, you know, it's it's a good idea, especially if, you know, they're wanting to not move away from Harry Potter, but to recognize, hey, there's more to this world than just Harry Potter and his immediate universe. Yeah. Also, like, I am a little worried. Like, it, seems, it does sound really ambitious that we're saying, oh, yeah, all this stuff is going to just perfectly move over. Like, yeah. I bet, like, a couple people's accounts, like, accidentally get disappeared. Yeah. I mean, all the content that's there now supposedly will move its way over. As well, so the stories and everything, um, they're just adding more stuff because Harry, you know, the world of Harry Potter is bigger than just Harry Potter and Hogwarts. I wonder if I can get a new Patronus because I'm not satisfied with my existing Patronus. What's your existing Patronus? Duckbill platypus? You're a duckbill platypus. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hyena. Mm. Watch it. I remember I found out what my Patronus was, but I don't remember what it was. Was it a snake? I think it was a snake. That doesn't make sense. Mine's a hyena and yours is a snake. (laughs) (laughs) Pottermore got our DNA wrong. (laughs) We need to get this Wizarding World thing going so we can fix that. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, out of New York Comic Con, uh, Z2 Comics is doing a few things this weekend. Uh, first off, they have a band uh, Skillet who are they're doing a signing in uh, at Forbidden Planet uh, Forbidden Planet NYC. Um, it's going to be for their first ever graphic novel. It's called Eden, a Skillet yep. graphic novel. It is co-written by lead singer uh, John Cooper, and his bandmates are also all characters in this graphic novel. I'm not a huge Skillet fan, but this sounds like a fantastic idea. Yeah, I have not gotten to read this. I am a huge fan of Skillet. Um, I actually really want to read this and see what the whole thing is about. Um, but yeah, this is a cool thing to be able to do, especially for something as big as uh, New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Jason Aaron, who just got off of his run on uh, Marvel's Thor, is going to um, announce his upcoming Z2 debut. Uh, he's going to be among... A panel called uh, Z2 Comics Presents Making Music and Graphic Novels. Um, we don't know what he's doing yet, but but we'll find out this weekend. All right. Uh, also coming out of New York Comic Con, uh, Lion Forge and the Book Industry Charitable Foundation, or BINK, uh, they have uh, announced a uh, partnership. It's called the Forge Fund, and it's uh, to support direct market retailers and their employees in times of hardship. Uh, Lionforge has donated $100,000 of seed money to Bink, uh, as well as 5% of proceeds from select titles will go to the Forge Fund, um, starting with uh, Catalyst, the Catalyst Prime series 7 Days, uh, which we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. The, uh, the idea with this, it's to, like I said, it's to provide, provide a confidential financial assistance to comic retailers and booksellers, uh, going through a wide variety of different things, including like illness, death in the family, um, expenses associated with ex- escaping domestic violence, homelessness prevention, natural disaster recovery, um, among other things. Awesome. So yeah, it's, that's such a, just a fantastic thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, especially, especially like, 
if you're working in the comic book industry, especially in a retailer, you're like, you're not a millionaire. No. (laughs) No, that's true. I mean, you may want to be, but... Don't we all? True. So, um, also coming out of Lion Forge from uh, New York Comic Con, um, their imprint, um, the Magnetic Collection, is actually, it's now going to be its own full-service publisher under Polarity, which also, like, as we know, runs Lion Forge as well as Oni Press. Right. Not a whole lot of uh, information on there. The company is also going to build a gaming catalog with new original product uh, projects. And just among some of the things that are planned for 2024 Magnetic Press is what it's going to be called now, uh, includes uh, uh, dystopic, dystopic fantasy, uh, Nils, the Tree of Life, uh, Streamliner, Paris 2119, and Gunland. All right, guys. So we've got a couple of things to talk about. Uh, the first one, like I said, it's uh, Catalyst Prime, Seven Days, number one from Lion Forge. We're going to talk with, with this issue. This did come out yesterday. Mm. Um, we're going to be as spoiler free as we can for a little bit. But there are a couple of things in this <laughs> in this issue that like we can't ignore. So um, <laughs> yeah. So I will <clears throat> do my best to remember to put in the show notes. The timestamp of when we get all spoilery. Um, but yeah, but if you're listening now and you're interested in Seven Days but you haven't read it yet, um, be weary. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> we're not super good at not spoiling things. Yeah. And even worse now when uh, now that we don't, we're not on video. Like, so we can't have <laughs> yeah. like 17,000 spoiler tags on screen. Like, or maybe we should get just like... in the background. Like, <laughs> get a sound. Yeah, like mer mer mer. Well, that's not going to help the people who do want to hear the spoilers. Well, I mean, I won't talk. I won't merp, merp, merp over this. <laughs> I'll like be like, merp, merp, merp. There's a spoiler coming. And then if you don't want to hear it, then yeah. we can say at whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Smell what you're stepping in. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so seven days. It's basically kind of like a culmination of what we've been reading throughout the last couple years with uh with catalyst prime uh it sent, kind of centers on this first issue centers on uh lorena Payne, who is she was the first person to notice the meteor shower mm-hmm. and now she's noticing hey there's this other threat to earth coming mm-hmm. and it's these mystery figures it's called the obsidian men and basically they're like saying hey we're here <laughs> you're not gonna be here much longer this whole series it's going to feature all the different characters that we've seen in the Catalyst Prime universe. Mm-hmm. This first issue, um, aside from like cameos, we only really see uh, Noble, Summit, and Excel. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I'm going to kind of talk spoiler-free for a couple of minutes. Um, Tabitha, what did you think? Um, I really liked this. I did not get around to reading, I don't think, a whole lot of the Catalyst Prime stuff, but I did recognize the characters that they did throw in there. But you guys know that I have that issue when you, like, drop right into a world, and I really appreciated that they did that in the beginning, but then throughout it, they kind of, like, gave me background, mm-hmm. so I felt like I wasn't, like, lagging behind at all. And it, this was, like, very dramatic and over-exaggerated, but, like, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like, in a, like, classic detective <laughs> comic, like everything is bad kind of way, but like in a not hokey. Oh, I really enjoyed this because I've read a number of comic book, you know, quote unquote events. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of one of two ways that they tend to go. The first issue is either super expository and kind of slow, or it's like, bam, here's all the action. And we're just going to throw you into the middle of it. And you got to figure it out as you go along. This hit a really happy medium for me. It did both. Like Tabitha said, it gave some of that background to catch you back up to some of the stuff that you may not have read mm-hmm. in the Catalyst Prime universe, but it gave you that immediate threat and that that almost like that oh crap moment, you know, mm-hmm. um, in there, which I like I, I really liked and definitely was a good hook for the first issue for this event. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I thought that you know the creative team, you know, led by Gail Simone, like they they knocked this first issue out of the park. Uh, and I even like put something on like Instagram and Facebook earlier this week. I was like, Gail Simone Simone is not messing around, <laughs> <laughs> no. and she is not. Um, I did. I I tried to get caught up with Catalyst Prime um, in the lead up to this. I was not successful, <laughs> but. Um, 
But that said, like, you don't need to be up to date with these tiles, mm-hmm. like, like we've kind of all said. And, you know, like Gail Simone, she did a great job of filling people in on kind of the finer details. I am going to say, though, that coming from somebody who has read a good, a good percentage of mm-hmm. these books, I think that there are some moments that are going to mean more if you are familiar with these characters. Yeah. But that's, like I said, that's not a bad thing. I, like, I, like, they've, like I said, they've done a fantastic job with this as, of being as inclusive to new readers as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I really liked the... Um, the little scene with Excel and the cop with the guy stopped on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. It's like, even then in there, like we've read enough of Excel to know that he does not do well with authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just like, there's a little quip in there that he makes about that. And that is all you need for background for him mm-hmm. for even later on in the issue as that comes back up again. Right. So that said there. There is... <laughs> um, Apparently I'm Italian now, talking with my hands. I mean, I do it too, it's okay. For, for a hot second, I thought you were making fun of me because of no, me. No, no, no. I was making I'm like, wow, wouldn't Matt become such a jerk? Like, I don't usually talk with my hands, and for some reason I'm doing that right now. I too much coffee. Put that away. No. Nope. So, um, there is, like I said, there's, there's a couple parts in here um, that, like, we, we have to talk about, because they... But we have to spoil this. So, <laughs> like I said, if you're if you're interested in this book and you haven't read it yet, please do yourself a favor. Uh, stop reading or stop listening right now. Read this book, then come back to us. Uh, promise you it's not going to take you long, because you're going to be like, oh my god! <laughs> um, but yeah, but like, I have written down, holy crap, they killed Noble. Mm-hmm. Like, I was shook when I saw that. Like... I literally, like, jaw dropped. I was like, and I was kind of like, at first I was like, wait, did, did that actually happen? I went back, I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, like we were kind of like talking about, like, Noble, in my opinion, from, from what I've read, he's kind of like one of the cornerstones of Lion mm-hmm. Forge and Catalyst Prime. You know, kind of like Superman or Captain America, yep. you know. Um, so for them to kill him off in the first issue of this <laughs> miniseries, yeah. wow, like, you're, yeah, you're... You're you're here to play. Like, yeah. I seriously like. I read that panel and I moved on to the next page, and then I thought there's there's no way. Like I was reading that and I'm like, oh he's dead. I'm like okay, they're just being over dramatic. And like you get to the next panel and the rest of that page, you're like, oh crap. Like he really is dead. Like yeah, big name publishers that won't kill off superheroes, and they're like, nope, we're not messing around. Here you go. Here's yeah. the threat. And like, and you know, and let's be honest. I mean, this is a comic book. Even if he is dead right now, <laughs> give it yeah. five years. Um, but if, if that long, right? But that said, like, I am kind of torn. Like, on the one hand, like, I do really like this character. I've what I've read of Noble, I've really enjoyed. So it's like I don't want to see him dead. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if by the end of this miniseries, if he's just comes back to life, I feel like it cheapens what we just witnessed. Yeah. yeah. That's just me. <laughs> um, did you have anything else to add about uh, that spoilerific moment? Oh, not about that, no. Mm-hmm. Any, well, anything else about that issue in general? I love how this... I don't know if this is really spoilery, um, but the fact that you start with one of these unknown creatures, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they are... Like, you've got one, like, oh, well, we might have another one. And next thing you know, they are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just, like, overpowering almost to, like, see that, like, yeah, you had your chance to kind of deal with this on a low-key level. Now we're kicking it into high gear. Right. Yeah, and it was a, and it was a great cliffhanger, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's really, like, I, I need issues two through seven, like, right now. <laughs> so, Gail Simone, if you're listening, <laughs> thegeekawickens podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, from Oni Press, this comes out in a couple weeks, uh, October 16th. It's called uh, Unplugged and Unpopular. And it centers around this uh, this girl, Erin Song. She gets into trouble. She's she's trying to become one of the popular girls. And she gets into trouble and gets all of her stuff taken away from her. <laughs> TV, cell phone, all of it. And because of this, she um, learns that there's something else going on. And with the help of her grandmother, tries to save the day. I really, really enjoyed this book. 
I thought that it had like a lot of great themes about you know like taking a break from you know like your digital world. Mm-hmm. Um, also about like family bonding and mm-hmm. also just like hey, don't worry about being popular. Mm-hmm. You know, I did, however, feel a little weird reading a book about taking a break from technology on my smartphone. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Digital preview issue. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> but that said, like I said, though, I mean, it was such a fun read. Um, and it was like one of those, like, I didn't realize how quickly I was going through it. You yeah. Know? And then I was like, oh, it's done. Yeah. I'm happy it's done. Or maybe. You maybe. Um, yeah. Kind of. It, it had that, the ending had that, that 80s, early 90s, Saturday morning cartoon feel. Mm-hmm. Like, and the bad guys will return. Mm-hmm. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, Matt, overall, what did you think? I love this. It, it has, it struck a great balance um, between, you know, fun and serious action, um, you know, good storytelling. Overall, I, I did. I just love this book. This was awesome. Definitely, what about you? Yeah, I agree. This was a lot of fun. Um, it kind of towed the line between being like cautionary and being preachy, which, you know, you could, it could have gone either way about being, you know, disconnected from your, you know, digital life or whatever. But it did it in like a, like a super fun and accessible way for kids and adults. Mm. Like it's, like, I think as an adult, this is an important, like, lesson. But as a kid, I think it's an even more important lesson. So I I just love this. And I loved, like, the humor with her grandma and, like, the, the old guys and the importance of libraries. And it was just, it was just really cute. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, Unplugged and Unpopular will be in bookstores and comic book shops, comic book shops uh, October 16th. So we haven't done one of these in a little while. Um, and we figured since we're... We're getting into the spooky season. Uh, we would do a, another installment of Guilty Pleasure or Dumpster Fire. Uh, this time over the 2005 classic House of Wax. <laughs> um, Dad, with the take it away. Um, so when we were trying to pick a movie for this month, this is one of the movies that I like kind of thought about because it, like, it's the quintessential 2016 horror movie. Like you said, it came out in 2005, and this is just chock full of like actors quote-unquote and celebrities i mean you have a cast of chad michael murray alicia cuthbert jared padalecki assorted others and paris hilton so i mean what could possibly go wrong everything answer to that is everything yes (laughs) um this like story is about a group of underparented and overindulged teens who are on a road trip to baton rouge to see what i'm assuming is lsu play the big game but they ran into some car trouble and they end up stranded in the town of ambrose and ambrose is of course home to the house of wax which spoiler alert for this 14 year old movie is made of wax um and also (laughs) (laughs) right and don't worry, the wax figures inside are also made of real people, so that's cool. Um, there are 587 reviews on IMDb. It has been rated by 109, 351 people as a 5.3 out of 10 star movie. So we know what the internet thinks. What did you guys think? Mm. <laughs> so with our other installments of Guilty Pleasure Dumpster Fire, we basically have four questions. The first question that we're going to talk about is what is wrong with this movie? Um, <laughs> literally everything <laughs> is what I've got. Yes. Yeah, uh, like, I get that teenagers making dumb decisions is, is just a part of horror movies. It's what makes them fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, oh my God, these characters are as stupid as they are insufferable. <laughs> well put. I, <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't know which character I hated the least, and I really, I it, I hate to say it, but I think it was just because this is kind of how I assume how she is in real life, but I think the character that I hated the least was Paris Hilton, and how dare you make me not hate Paris Hilton? It's because Paris Hilton was just playing Paris Hilton. Right. She wasn't she acting. Was. She was just existing. Right. Um, also, I was really mad that... For the credits, they played a My Chemical Romance song that I actually enjoy. So it's kind of tainted that just a little bit. Um, I mean, I sang along pretty much every time a song came on because this is one of those soundtracks from that. 2005. Yeah, 2005. Yeah. Where like the soundtrack was really good. And you're like, 
I had never seen the movie, but I bought the soundtrack. <laughs> so, um, Matt, what was wrong with this movie for you? Oh, where to start? Um, it, it's just it's it's just hokey from beginning to end. It's just I. I, Paris Hilton is definitely a number one issue because she's awful. She's just patently awful. What? <laughs> I'm just I'm just waiting on you to finish talking. Uh, it's it's hard to put it into words exactly what it is because there's just so many things. You're right though. Like usually when you watch even a horror movie, you're like, which character am I rooting for? And I'm like, mm, can we get away with killing all of them? No. Darn. (laughs) Tabitha. Um, I had not watched this movie in God knows how long. It had been forever. And I forgot about certain parts of it. So it was kind of like watching a new movie for me. And I just kept getting like reminded of how bad it was the first time I watched it. However, guys, I know we keep talking trash, but are we not going to talk about that wonderful, blissful perfect piece of cinematic history where Paris Hilton gets impaled (laughs) through the face, through a car door window, and then she slowly slides down the pole through her brain. Like, whoever did the sound effects for that scene, (laughs) like, you just hear it happen, and it's glorious. There, There were more than a couple times with this movie where, like, where I was, like, like, (laughs) <laughs> like cringing and like kind of closing my eyes and that oh. was one of those moments oh like when she sticks her finger through the grate and uh-huh. he's like standing uh-huh. outside the service station with the pliers yeah oh so yes. also <laughs> that moment was slightly ruined for me or spoiled for me i, I should not say ruined <laughs> um, <laughs> uh but uh so I actually rented this movie off of Google Play. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever utilized that service. Probably not. Oh, I have Apple. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so. Um, I feel attacked. <laughs> that's because it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you pause um, something on when you're watching something off of Google Play, like it will show you like the actors who are on the screen at that time Mm -hmm. if there's a soundtrack it'll tell you what the song is you know whatever so i had paused during that scene and the they had the name like for the for the score they had Mm -hmm. you know the song title and it was something called like paris paris bites it or paris you know something (laughs) i some kind of euphemism for dying and i'm like oh i bet she's gonna die because at this point i was like (laughs) Oh, is she going to be like the only survivor? Because she was Paris Hilton. This is when she was like at the height of her popularity. But yeah, so I was like, oh yeah, okay, she's going to die. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, all right. So you kind of touched on it, and you're the only one in this room who has seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. So what was what was different from what you remember from the last time versus this viewing? I mean, the last time I watched it, I believe was 2005. Because I, if I remember correctly, I think I saw this in the theater. Don't judge Whoa. me. I know, right? Um, I mean, you like I said, it's the it's a quintessential 2000s teen horror movie. Like it checks all the boxes for a movie that came out at that time. Like yeah. you, you have your you your bad boy, your sweet of uh, Chad Michael Murray. You have your sweet sensitive boyfriend of Jared Padalecki. <laughs> like you have your uh. your. <laughs> You're super hot babe that's like the the badass that's going to win in the end with Alicia Cut. Like you have each of mm-hmm. your like mm-hmm. boxes checked in this movie. So watching it like that, like they don't really make movies like that anymore. Like movies now are like, they try to not do that. So <clears throat> that was almost refreshing. I was like, oh, <laughs> I remember when everything was awful and like this and there were velour tracksuits. But, <laughs> <laughs> but will I like seek this out to watch this again literally ever again probably not also going back to uh velour tracksuits no <laughs> <Dang>. uh, <laughs> we should never go back to velour tracksuits that's what i was gonna get mitch for christmas <laughs> sorry it's okay. um but going back to uh jared panelecki um can we talk about just like and like i said th- this movie was full of teenagers being dumbasses but um can we talk about how he was all about 
going into the house of wax that said it was closed, but it was unlocked. So like, hey, well, whatever. <laughs> but then he had a big problem with going into the gas station once, you know, the the dude was like, oh, hey, yeah, let's meet at the gas station in 45 minutes, which I'm pretty sure he said a half hour. But say. then Jared Padalecki was like, oh, he said 45 minutes. No, he didn't. They, they don't even sound alike, but whatever, dude. Um, I mean, it's the reason he was the first to die. Yeah, Let's I was so glad that he was the first to die. Yeah. Because also, like, bro, like, if you weren't snooping around, you might not have died. True. Yeah. It's all your fault. <clears throat> yeah. But um, does this movie have any redeeming qualities? Uh, we'll start with Matt this time. Um, redeeming qualities. Uh, no. I mean, it, as much as as much as horror movies fit a, they they have a pattern. Like they just <clears throat> they go from point A to point B. Um, the one thing I kind of did appreciate, as kind of hokey as it was, is the death of the bad guys. Like came full circle. Uh, I rolled I mean, my eyes so I mean, hard. I that. rolled my eyes, but it was. Not clever, but it was just, like, intriguing that, like, as far as a storytelling aspect, that they would bring something like that full circle in something as generic as a horror movie. Tabitha, what about you? So, part one, I enjoyed the soundtrack as well. So, the soundtrack (laughs) was a redeeming quality. absolutely. Um, (laughs) But I think the, like, and I do not have a good ending for this movie as far as, like, Guilty Pleasure, Dumpster Fire. But I think the... The thing about this movie that I really enjoy is the fact that it makes you uncomfortable, but in like a very like n- like almost subtle way, considering how unsubtle the movie is. Like <laughs> it, like I have a deep seated fear of Siamese twins. Like <laughs> I couldn't tell you why. It's just a thing for me. Spoiler alert again for this fourteen year old movie. That like flashback to them. Like the the two killers as Siamese twins unsettled me to the point mm. where I like had to get off the couch and move around for a second because I forgot about that. <laughs> so while it's not maybe traditionally scary, it did have a moment where it did freak me out. So I'm proud of it for that. I was surprised, um, kind of going back to fears. Granted, it's not as bad as when I was a kid, but I do not like wax figures. Mm-hmm. And so with you know this deal, <laughs> this with, whole movie, yeah. Um, I expected <laughs> to be uh, more uncomfortable, but like I really wasn't. Yeah. Maybe because it was actually humans underneath and not, you know, just wax figures. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> that makes it better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the realistic eyeballs that makes right. him feel better. Yeah, we're moving around. <laughs> and until like his cheek just gets chopped off. Why? When you realize that you're picking off your friend's face, why do you continue to pick yeah, off I, your friend's face? I mean, to be like, fair, that oh, kid's not smart. No. Um, so i initially wrote down that this only had one good thing out of it but there there actually there are two good things out of this movie (laughs) the first one is that it didn't completely ruin canadian treasure alicia cuthbert's career (laughs) because i enjoy many things that she's in this was not one of them um also i really enjoy that there was a door open for a sequel, mm-hmm. and they did not <laughs> yeah. make one. So that, <laughs> I guess, is a redeeming quality. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't thought about it that way, but you're totally right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I, I will say, I'm glad that they were, that they did mention that, because like 30 seconds before they cut to that, I was like, well, whatever happened to the dude? He was just in the one scene. Whatever happened to him? The hillbilly? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and did he know that this town was just, you know, weird or, you know, was he stupid? And then we found out. <laughs> Both. Yes. <laughs> so, final verdict, guilty pleasure or dumpster fire? Tabitha, it was your choice, so you do the honors oh, first. Oh, this is absolutely a dumpster fire. Like, there's not enough redeeming qualities and there's not enough, like, nostalgia in this film for me to care at all. <laughs> Matt. I mean, I've hemmed and hawed about the last two, but this is a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, agreed. <laughs> Guys, I think this is our first unanimous, and this was a dumpster fire. Like, holy crap. I'm not picking next month. I think I've picked, like, the last two. You've picked the last two. Yeah. I've picked the 
the first couple, and I've got December's on lock. So um, uh, since the others aren't here, Matt, it's I on get you. To pick up, I get to pick November's. You've seen like 10 movies, so this I, is going to be super easy for you. <laughs> Shut up. It could also be a television show. It doesn't have to be a movie. Well, that's true. Yeah. You've seen 11 television shows. <laughs> <laughs> 11 episodes. Total. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to try to get through gut reaction as quick as possible because we do have others, a couple other stories outside of gut reaction that we want to talk about. First one, we're going to start with Tabitha and Percy Jackson. So Rick Riordan's Percy Jackson series is coming to the small screen. The sources that have released this information are not sure what streaming service it's going to, um, but it is coming. Um, the books are based on Percy, the demigod, uh, the demigod son of Poseidon, and his wayward adventures. There was a movie in 2010 directed by Chris Columbus and then a sequel in 2013. Um, it looks like this TV reboot won't take place after the films, but we'll start everything over fresh. Um, there are five original books in the Percy Jackson series, so they got a lot of material to work with. People say they don't know where this is going. My money's on Disney Plus because Rick Riordan partners with Disney Hyperion for most of his books. Mm. So, logistically, Disney Plus makes the most sense. Um, I love the Percy Jackson books. I hated the Percy Jackson movies. They were just bad. Um, so, (laughs) giving them another shot on a different platform with more space other than just a two-hour window to cram everything into, giving this a thumbs up. Matt? Um, these, are, these are books that have been on my uh, to-be-read to list for quite a while. I'm um, hoping to get to them sometime soon. This might spur me in that direction, um, but uh, I never saw the movies. I don't know. Stuff like this, the epic scope of these, makes me a little hesitant when it comes to TV um, and smaller budgets, so I'm going to go thumbs sideways. Um, I'm going to give this a thumbs up. I never read the books. I do remember um, they were fairly popular when I was working at Borders. So it's like it was kind of like one of those books. that was like I kind of kept looking at them, but I never really did much right. more out after that. I did remember. I did see the first movie, and I didn't hate it. But I also I didn't read the source material, right. so I don't have that frame of reference of like, oh, they cut out all the awesome parts, you know. Um, but even that said, I one of the things that I thought about when I was watching the movie, I was like, I wonder if this would be better suited as a television show. Yeah. And I think that it will be. So, cool. Um, Matt, War of the Worlds. So, War of the Worlds we knew was coming to BBC One, which is their streaming service. Um, finally got a trailer for it. Just a teaser right now. Uh, it's about less than a minute long. Um, I recently listened to the audiobook of this for the first time. It's... The audiobook is good. It's just fairly dry. Uh, this looks like it is going to up the ante for uh, tension and like dark, you know, thematics uh, for the whole thing. Um, I think this is going to look. I think this looks good. I'm excited to see where this goes. So thumbs up. Yeah. Um, I think it looks better than the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds. So thumbs up. Uh, preach about anything looking better than the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds. Um, I really enjoy this book. I know a lot of people do think it's dry, but I don't know if it's because I'm used to that dry British sense of storytelling or dry and British. (laughs) No, yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, I am looking forward to this. Like, just based on the small scenes we see in the trailer, it looks like they're going to finally do this the justice mm. that the book deserves, not the Tom Cruise movie, not anywhere near anything with Tom Cruise. And BBC has a tendency to take on book projects and like make those adaptations wonderfully. So I'm giving this a thumbs up. We also got the first trailer for the Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I'm sorry, I had to I had to say the whole I'm, title. I'm giving this a thumbs sideways. I was perfectly whelmed with this uh, <laughs> with this trailer. Which really doesn't say a whole lot. Um, I really, I wanted for it to turn a corner and it, and it didn't. Um, we'll see, we'll see what future trailers bring to have them. We, you can't be serious. You think I actually watched this trailer? <laughs> Thumbs down. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Bad. I, I did not watch this trailer either, but I cannot get past the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. What? Of one Harley Quinn. Of one, Thumbs down. God forbid we have more than one of God, them. God, tell me about it. <laughs> I mean, we don't need any more. Remember how we work with Harley Quinns? 
Oh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you right. Bad for our livers. Ooh. No. We should we should go to the premiere and take a shot every time she's on screen. We will be dead. We will With, die of alcohol poisoning I mean, inside a movie theater. It'll be a half an hour in and we'll be dead. <laughs> I mean, if you're wanting to go, I mean, <laughs> we'll go with you and sit there and hold your hand. Wanting to go to the movie theater or wanting to go? <laughs> wanting to, like, go, go like, leave. like, leave this life behind. I'm not paying money to watch this. I'm not even not paying money to watch this. I'm just not watching this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, James Gunn, earlier... Uh, earlier this week, got on uh, Twitter to express excitement about beginning work on The Suicide Squad, which also will feature one Harley Quinn. Um, just one. Just one. <laughs> Thank you. Just the one. Um, and he also shared images of a care package that he received from uh, some Marvel executives. He also took this opportunity to um, kind of get DC and Marvel fans to stop competing mm-hmm. and to just be like, hey, um, you're fans, you like different things. That's okay. Uh, even though it was probably just him being because he works for both. Right. You know, <laughs> but still, uh, thumbs up. Um, that kind of attitude is definitely what's needed in this day and age. Talent. Yeah, there's nothing worse than having a friend group where you've got like a DC Marvel rivalry going on. So I appreciate word from the top <laughs> that it's okay to be a little bit of both. Thumbs up. Matt. Definitely thumbs up. Because, yeah, I mean, as this, even though... The whole idea of superheroes and geek culture is now accepted when as a, like when we were all growing up, it was not. Mm-hmm. It was not a cool thing. It is now. Um, just to continue to a, rem- a continued reminder to bond together, DC, Marvel, whatever. Awesome. Thumbs up. So um, take this next one with a big grain of salt because nothing is confirmed as of yet or at least at the last time i checked it wasn't nothing was confirmed but um december's the cw they're having their big uh arrowverse crossover it's crisis on infinite earths uh infinite earths and we've got a ton of people already confirmed uh people like kevin conroy burt ward uh tom welling uh even brandon ralph is uh they just released that image of him as um Mm -hmm. kingdom come superman Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> one um, person that is rumored to make uh, her ret- return is Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. Um, definite thumbs up if this happens. Even if it doesn't happen, I mean, like, I've never been into the Arrowverse. I got through season one of, um, um, what's the one with the, all the people? Legends. Yes, thank you. Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I got through the first season of that, and I enjoyed it. I just never went back to it. Um, and I got through the first season of Supergirl, and that one was okay. But that said, like, all this hype makes me want to watch this crossover event. So, thumbs up. Good job, guys. Tap them. Yeah. Um, the announcement for Linda Carter, I don't think I'd actually heard yet, so that's super cool. But when they said that Tom Welling was coming back, I'm a huge Smallville kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> huge. Like, I made weird sounds. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> in excitement and anticipation. Like, so, were you and Pickett, like, simultaneously making the weird sounds? Probably. Like, from different sides of the, like, Pickett was probably, like, not even in the state. And Pickett and I were making similar <laughs> whale sounds <laughs> about the announcement of Tom Welling. Um, but thumbs up for this. Like, I don't necessarily care. I probably won't sit down to watch it as it comes out. But exciting casting all around. Matt. Uh, pretty much going to echo what everybody else said. And the idea of including, uh, you know, Tom Welling and possibly Linda Carter, thumbs up. Yeah. So, um, Tabitha, are you making whale sounds for forensic files? Guys. <laughs> it's all in caps on her notes. It is. Yes. <laughs> and it says forensic files is coming back, y'all. Um, <laughs> so, forensic files, the step-by-step crime scene forensic Ooh, show. Baby. This is not the time to sing step-by-step. <laughs> You can do that later. <laughs> um, it's like, it's an oddly relaxing show. Like, I love, it is. Like, have you ever watched an episode of Forensic Files? It's what I used to fall asleep to when I was in college. Nope. <laughs> anyway, HLN. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, HLN is getting 16 new Forensic Files episodes starting in 2020, which is not enough. I need more. Um, HLN currently airs about 70 hours of Forensic Files reruns in a week. Oh, my God. So... 
for all of you forensic file enjoyers out there, HLN, 70 hours a week. Um, they stopped making the show in 2011. It's just, I mean, there's been so much crime since then. I don't know why there's only 16 episodes. <laughs> but the, so much to cover in so little time. Right. So my biggest problem with this is that the original narrator, um, Peter Thomas, passed away in 2016. And if you've watched even one episode of Forensic Files, he just has this, he has this voice that is calming and relaxing and uh, like kind of scary at the same time. So it's a little, you know, unnerving, but like in a relaxing way, if that makes sense. So this is going to make this feel like a completely different show for me, I think. And that kind of bothers me. So I'm stoked for the new episodes. I'm very concerned about this new narrator. So thumbs sideways. Matt. Um, I know that this is a big, huge thing for all the people that love this show. So I'm just going to go thumbs up yeah. for safety's sake. Yeah. Same. Um, never. <laughs> Smart man. I, I'm excited that you are excited. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I, I've never personally watched Forensic Files, but um, I'm giving this a thumbs up because I fear, fear that if I give it a thumb sideways, I will be a subject on an episode of Forensic Files. So I'm not smart enough to get caught. Or I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted thinking about ways to kill you and said that backward. <laughs> thumbs way up. <laughs> Two thumbs. All the thumbs. Everybody's thumbs. Yeah. I'm going to grow like five thumbs and they're all going to be up. That would be extra weird and super easy to identify your body that way. So can you not? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So (laughs) the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology um, has invented an ultra thin second skin that can deform and adapt to your moving body. The idea is that it's... um, it's supposed to help give you like touch feedback uh, that feels natural without using elect- uh, electric vibration. The mm. idea is this for this is to kind of like um, be like the next step in VR technology. Um, <clears throat> the skin is less than 500 nanometers in thickness, and it's uh, has integrated sensors that sense data to the uh, to modulate the pressure. So it's like so you can feel whatever you're supposed to mm-hmm. be feeling. Yeah, it's not going to stop you from moving your fingers. And there's not a um, any kind of timeline for like when this might be mass produced. Uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Cool for technology, but man, this feels weird to me. Like no pun intended. But um, I just I I feel uneasy to have a thumb. Yeah, I feel like this is how like a really bad like science fiction horror movie starts, and then like this everyone's dermis takes over. So I'm gonna go thumb sideways. House of Dermis. Matt. I was... No, that might have just changed everything. Um, <laughs> um, I I love when this kind of technology comes out and is, like, is invented. You eventually will become, you know, maybe become more widely available um, to help anybody who is disabled and needs something like this. So I'm going to go thumbs up on the idea. So... Um, a mother in the UK by the name of Sarah Ivermy um, has created a company. It's called Lugs. It sells custom-made kits to decorate um, hearing aids and cochlear implants. Part of it, it's um, she has a four-year-old son who has profound deafness, and then also she talked to a nine-year-old daughter of a friend who also has implants, and she dislikes wearing them because she feels left out mm. and made fun of it all this and that. So, so Sarah like kind of decorated it and the girl loves it. So she's made this company now. Like I said, sells custom made kits, uh, anything from like uh, brightly colored flowers to superheroes, uh, thumbs way up. This is just awesome. To have them. Yeah. Agreed. Super, super big thumbs up and all the like heart feelings. <laughs> Matt, this is fantastic. Uh, definitely thumbs up and she should probably read mooncakes from last week. So that is going to um, end gut reaction. Got a few more stories to talk about. Um, these next three, well, this first one, I, I kind of shoehorned in to make it, but um, these next three stories are kind of in the political realm, which is, you know, so we're, we're doing a new segment. It's, you know, not to be political, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, Sounds like us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a weekly segment because, you know. Um, Tabitha, we're going to start with you and um, what 
Clueless star and conservative pundit Stacy Dash did. So, if we remember from a couple of years ago, Stacy Dash has like lost her ever love in mind, and evidently she just continues to lose her ever love in mind because she was arrested in Florida for domestic battery for punching and slapping a man. Um, the police report states that the victim sustained red scratch marks to the upper left arm from being pushed which scratch marks from being pushed don't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I'm going to let that go. Um, she was taken into custody. She obviously posted bail the next day. So as we know, she's a staunch conservative. So I'm assuming he probably said something like Trump is weird or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, the most surprising part of this article, though, for me, is that she's 50 freaking I, two. I have that highlighted. Like <laughs> I have that like literally in my notes. The most surprising yeah. part of this article is she's 52, so now I have to check into an old folks home. Stacy Dash is 52. When did that happen? <laughs> like 52 years ago. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said it because I was... <laughs> That's in that direction. Yeah. I mean, I rem- I know that like when she was in Clueless, she was older than a teenager. Mm. I am not an idiot, but also fifty two. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she posted bail. She's out. She's a loon, but she's also fifty two. So whatever. <laughs> and she's a fire for her age. Um, <laughs> Matt, let's uh, let's go on the opposite end of the age spectrum. I. This girl is also a fire for her age. Uh, so Greta Thunberg, which I keep looking at this in my notes, thinking, laughing because when I typed this out, it tried to uh, autocorrect <coughs> Thunberg to Thunderbird. So she's now officially Greta Thunderbird to That's me. That's awesome. It is, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she has signed a two-book deal with Penguin Press. Um, if you don't know who Greta Thunberg is, just Google it and find out. Listen to her speech. It's fantastic. Um, but, um, two book, uh, deal with Penguin Press. One is going to be a memoir and the other is going to be a collection of speeches. Uh, the speeches is entitled, no one is too small to make a difference. They will all be things that obviously she has written, uh, speeches and like, uh, like what she said at the UN summit. Um, and then the second one is going to be a memoir, which is entitled, our house is on fire. And that one is she is co-writing with her family. That's awesome for her. I am going to say, though, she's, what, like 15? 16? 16, 16 okay. I think. Either way, you're too young to write a memoir. True. I'm just saying. I mean, she's got a lot of time. She can keep writing memoirs. She's just going to make, like, a memoir series. You can just add an appendix or an addendum to it as she gets older. Yeah, maybe. Who is she? C.S. Lewis? Like, why would she... <laughs> I just feel like this girl has a lot to say, even at the young age yeah. of 16, like to the point where people write freaking Hillary Duff has a memoir. What has Hillary Duff done? Not that I have anything against Lizzie McGuire. Praise Lizzie McGuire. It's a TV show. But like dumber, worse people have memoirs at whatever True. age. Yeah. Snooki you- has a memoir. Like... Think of all the people out in the world that didn't need to write a memoir. This girl, if anybody needs to write a book in 2019 when everything is awful, it's her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you have a good point. <laughs> um, but regardless, I mean, you know, memoir notwithstanding, like the the collection of her speeches, like that's, that's yeah. fantastic. I yeah. can't wait to see that. So um, the last bit of political news that we've got. Um, so... Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang um, has revealed or whatever his uh, kind of platform for um, digital data. And his idea is that it needs to be treated as a property right. Um, So he also he kind of went on to lament on how our data is collected, used and abused by companies, um, often without us even knowing. So he's got um, he's got a few. rights that he has like written out uh the first one it's to be informed of what data will be collected and how it will be used uh the right to opt out of data collection or sharing the right to be told if a website has data on you and what that data is uh the right to be forgotten to have all data released uh related to you deleted upon request um that's in my opinion kind of the biggest one that's one i'm going to stop with there there are a few others i mean if you you know if you're interested by all means find out for yourself which that's actually something that was going on in uh, Europe recently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like 
big tech giants, you know, like Google have tried to be like, no, no, you, you can't be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Like, here's my thing with Andrew Yang. Like, one of the things I've said about him, like, from the beginning of his run, like, he is saying things that we need to talk about. You know, like, some of the other things, like, the, his other big thing was the idea of a universal basic income. Mm-hmm. That, as well as this data thing, like, these are conversations that we need to have. Mm. And I still don't think he has a snowball's chance in hell of winning the presidency. But I am very grateful that he is, you know, like, being the one to be like, hey, let's have these conversations. Even if you disagree with what he's proposing, it's stuff that we need to talk about. Right. um, Because this whole political, this whole political campaign has been so focused on like three major things like climate change, gun control, immigration. Like, and while he's still talking about those things, he's also talking outside the box, which a lot of them are not. Like they're like, they are like, I have my three my things. talking points. These are my soapboxes. I have three of them, and they're all just standing on those three soapboxes. Like, I agree with you. Snowball's chance in hell that he wins this thing. But I like that he's having the conversation. Right. I will say, though, though even though he has different soapboxes, he does still just have, like... And really, until this, he's had just the one soapbox. Yeah. And it's like... And that was kind of frustrating in seeing, like, in, in past debates, because, like... That's kind of like whatever the question is that gets, you know, directed towards him. Like he brings it back to the universe. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, like you cannot win on a single platform. Yeah. (laughs) Please broaden your horizons. And he's listening to me. So (laughs) keep yelling at that TV, Mitch. Get us what we want. (laughs) Old man yells at cloud. Is that this week's episode title with you just screaming into a cloud? Maybe. Because it should be. Maybe. I'll have to think about it. I've got, I've got a few ideas. So, um, we're going to end tonight's uh, episode because um, I wanted to end on a happier note than like, oh, hey, let's talk like adults for a few minutes. Um, so let's stop that. Um, <laughs> Matt. Sounds uh, awful. Yeah. Matt, let's talk about maybe the greatest mashup ever. <laughs> so, Magic the Gathering is collaborating with, wait for it, My Little Pony. Yes. <laughs> they are going to be doing a three-card promotional set, which will be available starting October 22nd through November 5th, or until it's sold out. It is entitled Ponies. The galloping. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Isn't it? (laughs) Um, As as bizarre as this sounds, the best part about this whole thing is one of those, I don't know, nerd community comes together for a good purpose kind of messages. Um, And all the proceeds from this are going towards Extra Life to benefit Seattle Children's Hospital. Awesome. That's fantastic. Which I, I love. It's fantastic. The box set of the cards is $50. So, I mean, it's kind of a lot for three cards. Um, especially if you play Magic, they're not going to be legal in tournament play. They're basically just for collecting. Um, there is going to be a set of play mats as well, uh, which will be $100, it looks like. This is not the first time that they've done, that Magic has paired with other... Um, you know, pop culture. They've done a set with Nerf, with Dungeons and Dragons, and with Transformers. Um, but this one, like I said, is the the benefits are going towards the Seattle Children's Hospital. Um, the three cards are characters from My Little Pony. One is Rarity. The second is Princess Twilight Sparkle, and then the third is a double sided card, which is Nightmare Moon and her Princess Luna transformation. So they kind of wanted to do a wide breadth of ideas for the character for the cards so uh you know good bad you know uh stretch um the cool the other cool part about this is that the art and magic the gathering is known in a lot of cases for the art on the cards which mm-hmm. is absolutely incredible for the detail and like for the little cards uh but this is going to be cool because it's a blend of the magic the gathering kind of classic style and the my little pony art style so as of, uh, like I said, as of October 22nd, you can get them at HasbroPulse.com. Nice. So. Nice. Yeah, that's that's awesome. The, the price point, like, I understand it goes to a yeah. really <laughs> fantastic cause. But, like, 50 bucks for three cards that aren't even legal in tournament play, yeah. like, 
Yeah. And I guess this is also, that's coming from somebody who doesn't play Magic the Gathering and also is not a brony. But um, <laughs> that's, that's a tough sell for me. But Yeah, for that price point, I agree. If it was, you know, something a little less than that, like I yeah. feel like they were probably would have pulled more people in and gotten more money in the long run. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, if it was like a $10 thing, how many people would be like, oh, I don't really care about either one of these things. But 10 bucks, you know, yeah. all four of are how many people are on our podcast? Five people yeah. might have been like, oh, okay, 10 bucks. And then that's way, you know. Right. I don't know. It kind of sounds like from from the article that I found, um, they really still, even at that price point, they do expect them to sell out because the article only really mentioned the beginning sale date and said if available through November 5th. So it kind of sounds like they expect it to sell out, which is awesome because that just means that however many sets that they make, all that money is going to charity, which is a fantastic cause. Yeah. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, uh, that said, that's all the time that we have for this episode of The Geek Awakens. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, where we'll be posting news throughout the week. While you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll be back next week. Everybody, say bye. Bye! Bye!